0: Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood, with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous Boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active, and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. I know that exercise for me has become more about my mental health and a self-care routine, um, as much as perhaps the word self-care is a dirty word these days. But you know, carving out that time for yourself, it might be your way of meditating. It might be your way of really connecting in and listening to your body and respecting your body. and exercise should be a way to improve our physical and mental health, not to punish ourselves. And so when we're educated and we're inspired to sort of nourish our body, we can only sort of move, move onwards and upwards and be that beacon of hope for other women who are going through this journey too and to inspire them to look after themselves in the right ways. So- Welcome back to the podcast, ladies. We are at episode 13 already. Makes me so excited to be collating a really great bunch of information for my fellow mamas out there and mamas-to-be. So it really is my mission to help bring evidence-based and experiential-based information to women out there everywhere going through the pregnancy to motherhood journey. I really want to save you from Dr. Google <laughs> because, you know, I think that's often our sort of first port of call to, you know, look for information. And unfortunately, we come up with a heap of forums and, you know, other mums experiences and things like that, which can be helpful, but at times can be unhelpful as well. And, you know, it really is great to have a research and uh, yeah health professionals approach to all the stuff. Stuff that you're you're wanting to search for. So today we're talking about the return to exercise postpartum. I've done a little bit of this uh, through our social channels, and it's probably the sort of information that has received the biggest viewership. So I feel like it's information that that women really want, and I'd really am excited to delve into that today and to give you just a little bit more of the specifics around the do's and don'ts and how we can best nurture our bodies, minds, and our new bubs uh, when we're sort of moving into that postpartum period. So I really hope you do enjoy it. And if you're loving what you're listening to so far, please, please give us a big shout out on social media. You can screenshot the episode that you're listening to and tag at Lenny Rose Active. We are running a competition at the moment, so you can win one of our woman tees by uh, shouting us out on your socials. So uh, yeah, get screenshotting and go into the draw to win some great Lenny Rose apparel. Anyway, without further ado, I will introduce myself, <laughs> who Hopefully, if you've been listening along, you know a little bit about me already, but I'm a physio, a mum to three gorgeous boys, the eldest of which is four. I have a background in women's health, interested physiotherapy, pregnancy and postnatal fitness exercise and specifically yoga. I'm a prenatal yoga instructor. Yeah, just really, really passionate about that education for how to to stay fit well, physically and mentally throughout the journey. So really excited to chat to you today about the postpartum journey return back to exercise. what do we know about returning to exercise postpartum? I think one of the really important points that uh, if nothing else that you take away from today is that I think in Western society, we don't really revere that postpartum period nearly as much as we should. And so, you know, I take a lot of my philosophy from Eastern culture, which is that in that first sort of 40 days postpartum, we're really resting, recuperating and, you know, just recovering from the the big, big effort that is the birthing journey. And rather than, you know, seeing it as a sort of trophy to sort of get back to doing things normally as soon as possible, we really need to switch our thinking and to use that period to really rest and recover. And I'll be the first to put my hand up and say, I don't think I did this very well with my first, you know, post-pregnancy period. I definitely, you know, not got back into exercise too soon, but I definitely didn't rest enough in that sort of early postpartum period. And I sort of soldiered on and I definitely Think that you know it really impacted my sort of energy recuperation in terms of my energy stores in that sort of first year postpartum. And then in my second, I really, really wanted to rest, but it was so hard with an older toddler. And in hindsight, I really should have recruited a lot more help and sort of really spoken to my husband about that need to get more help, either through him or through family, etc., in that postpartum period. And then by the time I had my third baby, I was like, Yeah, I'm in a like. Do nothing for the first three weeks except lay in bed, cuddle a baby, breastfeed a baby. I'm not going to pick up my toddlers. I'm not going to do any of that. Unfortunately, that came to us, it did sort of happen, but it was through unfortunate means. I ended up in hospital with an infection, and then my poor little bub Leo ended up in ICU with a uh, with a meningitis. And so, you know, that period was definitely some enforced rest, but a lot of stress as well. So, you know, we tried to do everything right. My husband was so supportive and managed the other kids as much as possible. I'd prepped for the postpartum period by preparing a heap of food in the freezer, lots of kachari and sort of really good postpartum healing foods. But, you know, again, it wasn't ideal, but I definitely know that that sort of physical recovery was better and, and faster because I'd uh, put those sort of things in place. And, you know, in Eastern cultures, Women stay, you know, in the home, they have their family, friends, neighbours, whoever it is, rally around them for that first thirty to forty days postpartum, and they literally some cultures are not allowed to shower, <laughs> you know, that they, they pretty much do nothing, everything is done for them, older childcare, chores, household things, cooking, because they really do revere that period of rest. And I think we really need to consider, are we doing things the right way in Western culture? And I know in America, women are sometimes back at work, like, you know, 10 to 12 days postpartum. And that just kind of breaks my heart because that really is that period where we're just, you know, building that beautiful bond with our baby or establishing breastfeeding. And if we do, you know, want that as part of our journey, we really need to spend that time establishing it through that sort of time and connection. And, you know, the rest of the world can wait. <laughs> so, if nothing else, I really hope that you sort of, you know, consider that and consider we spend so much time preparing for birth, but I think we need to also consider how much time we, you know, spend thinking about and preparing ourselves to get supported in that early postpartum period. So, who in your family can, you know, maybe in this sort of COVID situation that we live in, we're not having nearly as many contacts with people, although hopefully we're sort of starting to come out the other side of that now, but, you know, who can cook some meals for you and deliver them around and have them in your freezer? Or can you do that for yourself? Or can you have someone bring some fresh meals around? Can you get, you know, a delivery meal service in that first sort of couple of weeks to month postpartum to take that pressure off so you're not standing in the kitchen for sort of, you know, hours a day? So, you know, how can you really prep yourself to be well supported throughout that period? You know, can you afford to get someone to come in and help with the house cleaning? Or if not, are you happy just to let your standards drop for a couple of weeks (laughs) you know I think that's really really worth considering and can you get someone else to you know husbands, kids to help, things like that so that you've really had this conversation and you've really set yourself up to be supported as much as possible in that sort of early few weeks postpartum. And and in that, you know, in a sort of physiotherapy sense and a a recovery sense, our pelvic floor, you know, we really want to lay flat or side lying as much as possible in that first couple of weeks postpartum because we want to take the gravitational stress of our pelvic floor just so we can really let it rest and recover. And, you know, from a collagen and healing tissue healing perspective you know it takes about three weeks for some sort of basic collagen healing six weeks for a good level of collagen sort of re-knitting but for tissue to be super, super strong, it's probably more like that 12 weeks plus. And so, you know, in those first few weeks, we are laying or side-lying as much as possible. Even you can have your hips elevated slightly on a pillow, that's going to take all the pressure off the pelvic floor. And so the breastfeeding is supine or side-lying. is actually a really great position, especially if you've got like, you know, lots of milk, which in those first few weeks, it can be sort of spurting everywhere. So laying on your back can also really help to manage the flow of milk. I certainly found that with my first couple of babies. <laughs> Was a a really great position, so that they didn't get choked as much with my crazy hordes of milk flow. So yeah, consider that. Even sitting, uh, we do obviously have the weight of the torso on the pelvic floor. So although it is a, a better position than standing or sort of you know running around, consider how much you can lay down, put your hips and feet up, and really let the pelvic floor rest. And then you know as soon as you are able to, starting to get some pelvic floor activation, especially if you've had a vaginal delivery. But not only if you've had a vaginal delivery, that sort of brain access or connection to the pelvic floor has certainly been disrupted especially when we have pain and swelling the that sort of neural connection is disrupted and so we need to consciously reconnect there and so as soon as you feel you can even sort of you know in the first couple of days post birth starting to do the pelvic floor activation exercises and again often a physio comes around in hospital and will give you that information but if you've had a home birth which is probably a lot more common now in the covid-19 situation you know this information might be you know quite timely for you but you definitely want to start doing some uh, regular small kind of efforts of pelvic floor activation. And even in this period, we talked about a little bit in the pregnancy episode that sort of overactive pelvic floor is quite common. It can be strong and overactive at the same time. It can be weak and overactive at the same time. We definitely still want to work on pelvic floor relaxation if you're in that overactive high tone category. And so, and if you don't know, I think it's really good just to, to practice a little bit of both. So the best way to activate your pelvic floor from a sort of cueing or sort of thinking about it is to use a connection with the breath. So an inhale is to relax and an exhale is to draw the coccyx bone to the pubic bone and then an internal lift like an elevator rising. And then again, your inhale breath is to release and it's the exhale from back to front, like zipping from the back to the front, coccyx to pubis, and then an additional internal lift up inside towards your spine. And then it's a, a soften on the inhale breath. And so that's a really sort of good way to, correctly activate your pelvic floor. Now, look, in saying all of this, one of my biggest recommendations in the postpartum period is that you go in that six-week check to go and see a women's health physio and get a proper and thorough assessment of where things are at. I think the sort of basic GP or OBGYN assessment often isn't sort of, you know, unless they're doing an internal examination of your pelvic floor and they're telling you whether it's sort of weak, delayed, you know, overactive, underactive, you know all that sort of stuff, which I, I just don't see the level of that sort of happening in gen, in general sort of terms. I have to say, my obstetrician, Dr. Guy Skinner, was really, really amazing with that and has a really good understanding of that. So I feel like you know they do exist. That sort of obgyns and GPS have that information, but by and large, a women's health physio is the person who is going to really be specialised in this area and really be able to help you target getting your recovery back on track as quickly as possible. So, you know, I think we just sort of think that six week checkup and then we're good to go. But unless it's had, we've had that really thorough assessment, you know, I can't highly, highly recommend that enough. So, you know, that and the 40 days of taking it easy are probably my two biggest take home messages from today's podcast. So yeah, definitely get that. So you sort of know where you're at. And look, again, I see on social media, women with such, I'm sure, good meaning and well, in, you know, well intentions, but, you know, they're talking about how they're, they're they're running and they're getting back into their running at sort of four weeks, five weeks postpartum. And that just breaks my heart because, you know, we're doing ourselves, you know, undue damage that we may not be able to recover from. And it's sort of a long-term game here, especially because, you know, staying active is just such a huge bonus and part of our mental health as well. So really take that first six weeks to rest and recover. You should be getting out and getting some fresh air after that sort of first couple of weeks where you've really rested. Slowly building up your walking from, you know, it might start off with 15-minute, you know, foray outside, and then sort of slowly building up by five minutes a day. And then sort of at that six-week mark, that's when if you've got the tick of approval from a healthcare professional to start gently getting back into maybe some postpartum Pilates, some postpartum yoga, some gentle home strengthening exercises with a very, very much pelvic floor. Core and sort of glute pelvic stability focus, you know, can begin. But, you know, we definitely, definitely want to stay away from any impact activity, i.e., running, jumping, things like that, for a minimum of 12 weeks in the postpartum period. And the Australian physio recommendation for returning to impact activity is a minimum of 12 to 24 weeks. And, you know, I have had non complicated vaginal deliveries for all three of my births and, you know, no tearing, no prolapse. Some- Somehow, miraculously, I definitely think that's, you know, partly due to my own preparation and knowledge, both physically and mentally for birth, but a huge dose of luck. But in that, I still absolutely waited a minimum of 12 weeks each time to return to any impact activity. And my, you know, women's health physios recommended, you know, waiting a little bit longer than that the third time around. And, you know, I was so happy to do that. You know, you're tired, you're breastfeeding, you're up overnight. You've really got to consider is that high intensity exercise, you know, is that what your body needs in that first, you know, three, six, nine months postpartum? Or is it sort of, you know, really building your strength through strength work? And, you know, that can be such a fantastic way to improve body composition as well without stressing our adrenal system and our hormonal balance. So I'm a huge fan of not doing too much sort of cardio and or high intensity cardio in the sort of you know period where you're getting up multiple times a night you're already hormonally stressed you know I really want you to think about you know what how that feels in your body especially if you're living on caffeine (laughs) in that sort of postpartum period too which again I'm really wanted to do another podcast on that too that's a whole nother kettle of fish but yeah so consider you know waiting for your longevity, making sure you've got that approval to get back into high impact activity and just minimum, minimum 12 weeks. And if you have had some interference and injury through birth, i.e. tearing, prolapse, you had an episiotomy, you've had a forceps delivery, you really need to be more in that 24 weeks plus category. And look for some women may not be appropriate at all all to get back into high impact activity, unfortunately, or, you know, just at all in the the immediate future until such time as you've rehabilitated yourself. And so, yeah, please, 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 you know, if you're listening to this episode and you're pregnant, it's a great time now in your pregnancy to think about how you can prepare for the postpartum period, as we talked about earlier, but also to forge a relationship with a women's health physio, osteo practitioner that, you know, you can then, you know, easily continue within that postpartum period. So that's my absolute sort of, I guess, general overview for returning to exercise postpartum. We, you know, more specifically, I think the types of exercise, again, anything that's low impact, stationary bike is good, walking is good, uh, postpartum specific, pralates and yoga. And look, I, Again, I mentioned this in the previous podcast about pregnancy exercise, but making exercise functional for motherhood. Like, you know, until you've had kids, you do not realize how many times a day you will squat, lunge, bend over, uh, kneel down and stand back up and push, pull. My pram with the three of my children in it would weigh around 60 kilos now. And so, you know, I think getting back into, you know, some exercise that has resistance in it is really, really key because you are doing resistance. Resistance exercises every time you pick up a heavy child, every time you push a pram, every time you lift multiple bags of groceries and a child at once. And so we really need to train our bodies to be able to take that load. And so it starts with retraining the core, pelvic floor, abs, glutes, postural muscles and yeah so Pilates yoga are fantastic for that and then it also starts with some functional exercise at home and that could be like you know starting with some you know squat to a chair and stand back up, some body weight lunges, some push ups against the wall. You know a big thing that I haven't even sort of gone into today is that sort of recovery around the midsection that diastasis or separation of the abs and look that you know there's research to suggest that up to 100% of women will have a gap in their abs or what's called a diastasis or a DRAM at 35 weeks of pregnancy. And it's it's a normal part of pregnancy. It can happen um, to a non-pregnant person too. So it's not just a pregnancy thing, but because of obviously the disruption to the midline that occurs with a growing belly, the abs tend to split down the midline. And for about 40% of women that will spontaneously recover by about eight weeks. And then for the rest of women, they will need to do some rehab. And if it's not spontaneously recovered at that eight-week period, it will need some intensive rehab. And so, you know, that's, that's two-thirds of women, really. And so, again, another huge recommendation or reason why I recommend seeing a women's health practitioner so you can have that assessed properly and you can start to get the techniques around retraining the deep core. And I think there's a really big misnomer. Again, this is a probably a topic for a whole other podcast, but the, there's a big misnomer that it's about reducing that gap. It's not necessarily about reducing the gap, but being able to transfer load without disrupting the tissues around the midline so that we are not sort of having a protrusion of the the abdominal contents and so the gap may be as it is but can we adequately transfer load through the trunk without having the internal contents protrude out and that's really what it's all about it's about force transmission you know and sort of load transmission in a safe and healthy way rather than getting rid of the gap yeah So (laughs) enough said on that. Yeah, so once we're sort of, yeah, back into sort of functional movement patterns, then, you know, we really just want to slowly build our way up. And I think the recommendations, as we've talked about, for a woman in that sort of 18 to 64 age group exercising is the same as a non-pregnant or non-postpartum woman, but it it is a very slow build in that period postpartum. And I urge you to to reconsider or to consider the types of exercise that are going to support your body physically. So low impact, starting from a strong core base functional movement patterns that you do every day and slowly building up the load and intensity. And, you know, a huge, huge, huge one is when do I return to running in a, with a baby in a pram? And I'm not going to mention names, but one of my big motivations for e- educating myself in this area is someone who is or was one of Australia's sort of most prominent health and fitness people who, you know, on her Instagram was like running with her baby in a car park on a rainy day because it was undercover. Again, there's a whole nother lot of, you know, things wrong with that. It was about, well, she she was jogging and this was about three weeks postpartum the first time around. And then the car park incident was another one in the first A few months postpartum. And you know, a baby hasn't got the sort of stability of its spine to be shaken around. And the recommendation is that we don't return to running with a baby in a pram. The baby does not come running with you until it's a minimum of nine months. And so I feel like that's just something that so many women don't know. I'll talk to random women in the street and they're, you know, they're telling me they've just gone gone for a bit of a jog and their baby's four or five months. Like just don't do it. Just wait. You need to find a heel, power walk, but do not run with your baby in the pram until they're nine months because their spinal and stability system cannot take it. And you know, they're at risk of that shaken baby syndrome. So just that one brings up a lot of, you know, a lot of emotion for me, that one. So I just really hope that that information can get out there and stick out there a little bit more because I just feel like it's just, it's not well known. (laughs) So spread that word if you have your friends who are keen to run with their babies in their prams. Yeah. So I feel like, like I've kind of covered the main things that I really wanted to chat about today and for you know more specific information or workouts then you know really, really drive that relationship with your physiotherapist, your Pilates uh, pregnancy and and postpartum trained Pilates instructor. There's a number of great online programs that you can do in our current situation that don't need to be face to face. So I'll pop some links to my favorite ones in the show notes. And please, 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 this is a platform to educate and inspire you to look after yourself with confidence so that you can be that pillar of strength for your family. And I know that exercise for me has become more about my mental health and a self-care routine um, as much as perhaps the word self-care is is a dirty word these days. But, you know, carving out that time for yourself, it might be your way of meditating. It might be your way of really connecting in and listening to your body and respecting your body. And exercise should be a way to improve our physical and mental health not to punish ourselves and so when we're educated and we're inspired to sort of nourish our body we can only sort of mood move, move onwards and upwards and be that beacon of hope for other women who are going through this journey too and to inspire them to look after themselves in the right way so we do have some really great resources available on our Lenny Rose active website I'll pop those in the show notes too or the links to those but I've comprised a pregnancy exercise ebook and a postpartum exercise ebook to just to give you the lowdown on that information. So you can download these resources over at the website and I will pop the notes are uh, the links to those in the show notes so thanks so much for listening again please give us a big shout out if you love what you're listening to We really do just want to get an evidence-based up-to-date and experience from the health professional point of view on how to navigate this period with confidence strength and ease so oh, have the most beautiful day ladies and i will be behind the mic again soon no doubt <laughs> see you later bye This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian owned three times mum and physiotherapist designed luxe active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at Lenny Rose Active.